Hi, and welcome to another episode of Inspiring Business. My name is Mark Bullock, and I'm the co-founder of phoneblogger.net, videosocials.net, and video interview podcast services, where we facilitate marketing services and systems for professional service firms, including attorneys, financial professionals, coaches, and consultants. Every episode, I interview business thought leaders who make a difference in the world through their services, their products, or their ideas. You can find the show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many more. Today, my guest, who I'm very excited to have today, is Nancy Schick. And Nancy is the Chief Resolution Officer for Third Ear Conflict Resolution and the author of DIY Conflict Resolution. And let me just show you that. And terrific. And welcome, Nancy. It's great to have you. Thank you, Mark. I, I, it's funny when you when you gave the intro and explained what the podcast is about. I was like, wow, <laughs> I feel very honored to be here. <laughs> well, I'm honored to have you because uh, we've been working together for some time now uh, through video socials and, 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 and you're creating videos and, and not just for the purposes of marketing, but for educating those that, you know, you might, might come in conflict with or might come in contact with. Um, that are seeking help in the arena of conflict resolution. And so I've, I've seen you um, produce content, you know, video content, many, many times. And so I know your business is about making a difference for others. So um, I, I think you're a perfect fit for, for this. And um, so with, without further ado, let, let me just jump in. So what inspired you to transition your litigation firm to third year conflict resolution? It's been a long process and probably it started all the way in law school where I knew I wanted something different in part because I was a litigant going through, as I tell people um, frequently, I learned civil procedure in the classroom and the courtroom simultaneously that first year of law school. So I was in the in the middle of a, an employment conflict, right, where that went to court. And I knew from the beginning that I needed to learn the law, but there might be something more than just litigation available. And then I learned about mediation, you know, took some mediation and alternative dispute resolution courses. Um, I competed in a couple of competitions during law school and uh, one second place. So, um, so that was nice. And I got, you know, I got encouraged by the more human centered approach. I, uh, as a litigator, still, I have an occasional case that will end up in litigation. I understand and respect the process that's sometimes needed when you don't have parties who are willing Mm -hmm. to look beyond the procedure and you're wrong, I'm right kind of situation, right? right? But I think the majority of cases, as we know from the statistics, are going to be resolved without a judgment, right? We're going to go through all that procedure ultimately to settle. Right. So I said, well, I, my case was in Texas at the, and, and so it was in a much shorter time frame than what you'd see here in New York City, <laughs> right? So that's the other thing is that still tied up my life for four years. 
Wow. And people don't always realize when you're going to court, you know, you, you think it's going to happen in an hour like it does on Law and Order, right? <laughs> <laughs> or, or in Judge Judy, it's 30 minutes or whatever, right? That's what a lot of people think it's going to be like and that it's going to be over in a short amount of time. But it's a, it really does tie up your life for a long time. And so that's how I started moving into what can I do to better serve my clients? Right. And respect the individual that they're in conflict with. Because we're all just kind of working our way through conflicts. That seems to be what a lot of life is about. Fascinating. Even if, it, if it's not necessarily just working through conflicts, but conflicts for me especially, I'm not conflict averse, but I know the damage that can be done if you're not prepared to deal with it. Uh, if you if you haven't set yourself up to be able to realize, and, and, and perhaps this is another question, and I don't want to be coming out of left field with this, but one of the things that I see is, you know, your hackles come up, right? Your button, you find that your buttons are getting pushed. And sometimes it's over something really trivial or and or it's just a misunderstanding, right? Somebody has said something or something's happening that, is not what you anticipated or it came out of left field and you find yourself in that fl fight or flight you know kind of mode and our tendency well you know those are the, there's those of us who default to flight and there's those of us who, who kind of default to fight um but neither one of those actually gets you where you want to go because it doesn't neither one of those actually will lead you to actually resolving and coming to an understanding. So, And that's exactly why I know you showed my book, but I have it here too. <laughs> and that's exactly why I wrote the book is because it, it addresses some of the things that you're talking about. It's, it's got some backing from psychological principles and different practices. I've done a lot of work on myself <laughs> over the years to get to the point where I can better serve the, the clients that come to me, but that's a big part of, of it is mm -hmm. there's also a third reaction that we see a lot from fight and flight. It's also do nothing, right? We just kind right, of, freeze, right, right? right. So there's, there's a lot of people that do that and we freeze and freeze and freeze and we just kind of stuff it down, pretending like it's going to go away. And then what happens is what you're talking about is there's one situation that'll occur where something triggers a response and it's finally just too much, right? And then you take a different action finally, right? You go from when your stress level's way up here, right? Mm -hmm. And I gotta realize I'm not, I'm on camera, so it's up here, there we go. <laughs> And, and what we, what I work to do is bring clients down here because when you're up here and you're in that level of stress, you'll tend to do nothing because you're on your, your brain goes on overload. Your amygdala just kind of freezes for you. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and then you, you get to a point where you're like, okay, wait, there's an action I can take. And sometimes you choose the wrong one because you're still at a level of stress that you're not you're not using your brain to its full capacity as the best way I can explain it, right? Like if we leave our brains to function by default, mm -hmm. the majority of the time it's going to work out okay, right? You're going to tie your shoes. It's not going to be a big deal. You're going to put on your coat, lock the door, turn off the oven, all of those things you'll probably do, but you're not under stress. 
suddenly the house is on fire, right? You're not going to stop to, you know, look and did I turn off everything? You're just going to hopefully get out the door. And so that's what, you know, there's a big difference in how we respond under stress. And my feeling is as a trainer, right? And a teacher, this is one of the things that I love to do is I want you to keep building the skills so that you are able to access that part of your brain that does the more, the, the, the more mindful, strategic thinking. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm not a brain scientist, so I'm not going to get into all the brain parts, but you know, there's definitely a different way to use your brain. And it, and it's just like using your arm for certain things, you know, you work those muscles. It's the mm-hmm. same thing with your brain. You create different brain patterns the more you do this. So the, there's a workbook section in my book for that very reason is to keep using this technique so that you're starting to use your brain in a way that's going to lead you more likely to a resolution. Right. And it doesn't come naturally. You have to learn it. Well, and, and that's one of the things that I really appreciate your, your book for, because you're not just talking about the theory, um, and I think it's important to understand, though, what if we understand what's going on, then we have the ability to identify and make a different choice. So that's absolutely critical. And your book includes that. But it also has a workbook with exercises so that we can practice um, both in a non-stress situation. Right. So what we practice in non-stress is what we're going to end up doing when we are stressed. Right. right. So, right. so it, 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 I, I just think that it's brilliant from that perspective. Um, and if I may, though, what we're talking about is general, con, you know, general human person-to-person conflict. And I realize that you have focused your um, uh, your conflict resolution skills uh, in the in the workplace. And why did you choose that over other practice areas like divorce or? family conflicts, those types of things. I will admit that one of the things that I said when I was going to law school is I told my family this. I said, I'm not going to do family law. Mm-hmm. Um, I came from a background with a family that was in a lot of conflict. So mm-hmm. although I have tremendous amount of experience in that area, I might not have as much skill as some of my as some of my colleagues that I would refer that kind of work to. Mm-hmm. Yet in employment, one, I've been a plaintiff, right? So I've seen the courtroom from that angle. I've been a defense attorney. I've been a mediator. I've been an arbitrator, not in employment-related disputes, but I have done arbitration as well. And, and I have an HR background. So when I went to law school, it just seemed like the natural fit to go into the workplace. But I also jokingly, or somewhat not jokingly, say the thing about working with employment law is pretty much everybody either has a job, once had a job, or knows someone with a job. So it's (laughs) one of those areas of law where I get to work with people from all walks of life, from all different types of backgrounds, economically, geographically, language, right? I I just get a chance to work with this wonderful, diverse group of people. 
And I'm, you know, I'm also a diversity trainer. So the diversity is a big part of who I am and what I'm trying to create in the world is this more unified work, workplace world where we can start communicating and resolving conflict. Because I think so much, and this is also why I moved into this more, so much of what we've been taught is avoid all conflict. Yeah. And if you yeah. if you pretend that you're going to do that, you never take on building the skill. And if you don't take on building the skill, you're probably not going to get very good at resolving conflict, right? right. So I would right. rather help you build the skill so that you become more courageous. And so I guess that is how your book kind of fits into that vision because uh, uh, as I have to admit, I haven't had time to like read it cover to cover. I've only had, I've only had the, the, the time to kind of skim through it at this point, but we've been working with mediators, uh, dispute resolution professionals now for more than a decade and dozens of them and, and uh, involved in numerous uh, ADR uh, alternative dispute resolution um, um, conferences and, and, and organizations. And, and I often tell people, we really need to get rid of the word alternative. Um, it's just, it's a horrendous word because it's an automatic turnoff uh, to somebody who doesn't want alternative. They, they, they want to go mainstream and we need to, we need to be educating people that dispute resolution versus litigation really is mainstream. That's what is, makes the most sense. Um, and, and I think your book helps us, but how does it fit into your vision of conflict resolution in the workplace? Well, I think the, the obvious thing became even more obvious during the pandemic is that mm. humans are the ones that come to work, right? And we come with all of our stuff. You can say, don't, don't bring your personal life to work. That's like saying, don't breathe while you're here, right? It's like you're going to have or, or you can't go to the bathroom while you're here, right? Like you mm -hmm. have certain human needs that are just going to be present no matter where you go. And right. I, again, I'm, I'm a realist. I'm an idealist, but I'm also a realist. And so I said, employers have to recognize this and the pandemic forced us to. You know, suddenly we're on video, and I think I've told you this story before, is uh, I was on a video early in the pandemic, and a woman had three children, right? Mm. And she's trying to work from home. And during our one-hour call, one of her kids comes and needs a snack, right? Her little one, so she, you know, takes care of that. Never misses a beat, right? And then, you know, the another one comes and needs, you know, something. And then, you know, because always if, if you're a parent, you become the most interesting person in the world when you're on a phone call. And then if you're on video, you know, right? So then her teenage son walks behind, you know, with his shirt off because he just got out of bed and she just managed all of it without, without it really interrupting our meeting. And, I, and that was when I really saw what people go through. Like I had an idea and I know what mm -hmm. I go through, but I said, there's a lot that we're all juggling. So when you realize people have always been bringing themselves to work, you've been stifling, not just the parts of it that you don't want, 
but you're also mm -hmm. stifling the creative, innovative, expressive leadership ca capabilities of a lot of the people that work for you. So I, you know, I also like to recommend the book to some of my clients when they're struggling, because I said, one, it'll help you deal with yourself and get, you know, you, there are specifically in the workbook, some conflicts of just you and yourself and how you see yourself, et cetera, right? Because it, that is a part of your process of being a better leader. Mm -hmm. How can you lead other people? if you're not really that connected with who you are and who you are as a leader, and then you call people into leadership or demand that they lead in a certain way and you're not dealing with yourself. So it, it, it addresses all of that because I, I also see that we have leadership capabilities from whatever level we're on in the workplace mm -hmm in our lives, in our communities, right? There's always some little thing we can be doing just a little different, small tweaks. That's where the big differences I see will usually occur. And that's that's where the book kind of fits in with all that. I do have the legal training. I have the mediation training. I can go to court for you. I try to help you stay out of there though. Also because you'll see right on my homepage, my website, I know court sucks. <laughs> right it's very few of us get a charge out of going to court so let's try to keep you out of that so we're going to uh, include with this podcast as it were links to things like your linkedin profile and your website etc but what is what is your website address so that it's nshiklaw.com uh, we are going through a little bit of a transition where the there is the third ear CR for conflict resolution out there too, which will still direct you to the to the main website. So uh, I just got the ability to use my trade name <laughs> for my law firm. So now that I can finally do that, we're doing the full rebranding. But you'll find it either way. Great, and, and exactly what I what I wanted to hear, as well as. One of the things that comes up, and, and we didn't talk about this or, or, or discuss this, but is how you actually engage with, you know, a business, business owner, HR department, et cetera, because I can see all the way from the top, just the, no, I'm not on screen, all the way from the top, the management not recognizing necessarily that their employees need to be able to bring their whole selves to work. Um, and maybe haven't done the work themselves of knowing how to manage when their buttons are getting pushed, et, et cetera, um, all the way down through the policies and procedures and, and, and everything else. And then, of course, where we don't want to end up, which is, okay, now we've got a conflict, we've got a potential lawsuit, or we've got an actual lawsuit. So you're not just engaging at the after it's all a mess, you know, come in to clean them up. Are you also engaging with how to create, how to prevent the mess from being created in the first place? Yes. And that's where I would prefer to, to be is I would prefer that we get in a conversation before there's a, 
a lawsuit already filed. That's a little bit of a flip from a lot of my colleagues. And I'm still mm-hmm. on court panels and, and available in, in that respect. But I prefer to do more of the private engagements because, one, it keeps things private, <laughs> right, which mm-hmm. is good for you, usually for both sides. Right. Yeah. My my dirty laundry got aired during my lawsuit, just like my employers did, because we all have it. There were things that I didn't know would get aired the way they did. And it was painful. Right. So I prefer to get involved early. Typically, what I hear is, is that the people that come to me are the DIYers, which I didn't know at the time I wrote the book that that was who I was already kind of speaking to. (laughs) But I've recognized that that's who it is. It's the business owners who are trying to do it all themselves. A lot of times they're working side by side with their employees, right? We tend to think about the huge corporation and there, I do work with some large corporations and I've been working with them for years. But what I find is that there are a lot of people out there hustling for that work and I get drowned out in that. It's fine. I'm a small business owner myself. So I like working with the small and I find that what'll happen, it'll be the call of, I got a group of people that aren't getting along and they're all my high performers who I need. Right. So like in a tech company, it's my lead engineers are not getting along. And that means they're holding up the software that's going to hold up all the other teams. So I need somebody to get involved. And then I can, you know, do a couple of things. Like sometimes we'll do a, a group disc dynamic profile, which is the, the disc personality profile assessment. Mm-hmm. And you, you do the individuals and then you bring them all together and look at the group dynamics also. And then we start taking apart each individual conflict in more of a mediation process. So there's that that can be done. Sometimes it's training. Sometimes I get called for training because they need to check the box, but because of who I am, I always listen for the things that we could do again, those small tweaks that we could make to open up some new conversations, better results. Cause I'm all about being results focused and check the box is not a result for me. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's this kind of result. I mean, yes, it does get something done, but I'm, I'm looking for big, big changes, the things that take those day-to-day headaches off of the managers and the frustrations off of the employees. That's what we do is we get into the human elements that come into conflict and accept that they're going to be, be there. But just like any other process, you can set something up that deals with them. And it becomes more natural over time. It's very uncomfortable in the beginning. And I will warn my clients, I make people uncomfortable. But it gets better. It gets easier. It's like asking somebody on a date, right? I'm sure before you, you know, you you married your wife, you went on a few dates. And the first time you asked for a date, you probably weren't a pro at getting a yes, right? Right. (laughs) And it was painful. But then you learn. Right. And it's like getting a new client or anything else. That's what we do is we work on developing those skills so that you're more effective. And then it spills over into other areas of your life. In a good way. Right. And that's that's one of the things that I wanted to bring up, because once you learn how to 
shift your perspective, you know, manage things, uh, be more inclusive of other people's ideas and concepts and, and how what you're saying or doing might be affecting them and giving them the space to vent or at least communicate that, you know, how it's landing for them is not how you think that you're presenting it as an example, right? So um, I just, I wanted to take two moments. One is a moment to acknowledge you because not only are you doing this, not only are, are you top to bottom available for an organization to, to, to help them set themselves up for and or recover from and everything in between, you know, conflicts that happen in the workspace, but you make so much of that available either completely for free through your website, through your YouTube channel, through your other social media channels, but also uh, very inexpensively through your book. Uh, and I know you're working on another one. I know you're not ready to talk about that yet, but uh, there's, another, there's another one coming. So I do encourage everyone. We all deal with conflicts in the workplace. Go ahead and take a, take a moment and subscribe to whatever channel that you're paying attention to for Nancy, because it's only going to help you. Because one of the things that you were talking about is, is you help people to be uncomfortable right or you you know that's a step that that needs to be taken but one of the things that always comes back to me as a coach is real the realization that growth doesn't happen in our comfort zones it only happens when we're willing to step out of our comfort zones a little bit and you don't have to jump in and hire nancy right away without getting some of this wonderful information that she has available to help step step you into how to be safely outside your comfort zone and 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 to be in an uncomfortable space but in a safe way right so and and in a way that's going that's going to move people forward rather than sticking their head in the sands which is what we kind of opened with and and thank you for recognizing that cuz that's all part of the recognition that I tend to find DIYers are my people, right? And I know, because what am I going to do? I just, you know, I'm going through some moving, for example, you know, um, and had to get some things done to get my apartment ready for sale. And of course, the first thing I did is I went to YouTube to see how much of it I could do myself because I'm a DIYer, right? But then you figure out there are certain things that you're not the most skilled to do. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that you don't have all the answers and occasionally asking for support. We all know this. And every single person that I work with intellectually knows it. But it's another one of those things that we don't always have systems that say it's okay to reach out for occasional help. You know, I'm kind of like an antibiotic. (laughs) Sometimes you might need me. I don't want to lock you into you know, you have to work with me every day. You have to pay me this amount every month. That's not the way I function. Right. You know, if you, if you want to pay me every month, I will accept it (laughs) as long as I'm giving you value back. Right. Right. So the other thing that I wanted to step in is, is Nancy, like all of my guests is uh, the reason that I put this podcast together is for the recognition and to give voice to those people who are making a difference, not just for their prospects and their clients, but the effect that that has 
because as we know, when, when something negative happens, when some, somebody is really negatively affected, a lawsuit comes about, someone is injured, anything like that, it's not just them, it's their families. And it's their circles, their circles of influence, the, the people that they're connected to. So every one of us that makes a difference through the businesses that we create, through the services that we offer, has to recognize that that is affecting so many more people. And in that process, whatever we're doing, if I can help Nancy or Nancy can help me, we're helping each other's businesses and we're helping each other's families and we're helping each other's clients in that process. That's making a difference in the world because that's where it starts. It's not going out and creating necessarily a whole new nonprofit that's going to have a global presence, et cetera, et cetera. We, we, we all think in terms of that's the kind of difference. If I'm going to make a difference, you know, I, I, I'm going to do that. Or I'm going to be a millionaire before I can become a philanthropist, right? It is what we do every day in our businesses, in our, in our organizations, and in our interactions with others that makes the difference. And Nancy is, is just an example of that. How do we work? Well, we're Practice Marketing Incorporated. We're more than 10 years old, close to 15 years old now. And we started out with a product called Phone Blogger or a service called Phone Blogger. And that was the understanding that people really needed some help getting their content created so that they could put this educational and informational content out there, but needed somebody to hold their hand, prompt them, call them, interview them, ask them the questions rather than sitting down in front of a blank piece of paper and start typing out a bunch of information and then spending hours and hours and hours editing that. And then, Oh, how do I get it out to my social media platforms, et cetera. So phone blogger basically through an interview, five, 10 minutes, takes that entire process and gets it off of the client's plate and onto our technical staff to, to handle all that. An extension of that or the next step of that was video socials. And it's videosocials.net. And what videosocials.net does is it takes your ability, your knowledge, and allows you to, in a safe environment, get that content created on video because all of social media is prioritizing video. And so if we're not using video, we're really shooting ourselves in the foot. So it gives us a chance to practice on camera and to get feedback from other professionals that are doing exactly the same thing so that they can clear something that just popped up on my screen and, um, and allows us to, um, uh, to create content that is of value and that is engaging to those out there on social media and in newsletters, et cetera, that whether they know us or not, allows us to make a difference through, through that process. And then those that are wanting to create more engaging content, more involved content, like podcast, video interview podcasts, things like that, that's our VIP service, which is also available. So you can contact us on that. So videosocials.net is, is the hub for video socials. Phoneblogger.net is the hub for our phone blogger services and our VIP services. If you're doing podcasts or want to do podcasts is videosocials.net VIP forward slash VIP service. So Nancy, I had one final question for you and I've just, 
am thrilled to have had you today. I'm so glad that you accepted the invitation. You're exactly who the kind of person that that I want to be involved in this little experiment we're calling this podcast. And um, and that question is, when somebody sees before they before they grab your book, before they go through your videos, et cetera, et cetera. If somebody sees something coming up that they perceive as okay, I'm getting my buttons pushed. I'm recognized. Do what's the first thing they should do to keep from having that escalate into a fight? Well, I think all of us know that in that moment, the best thing to probably do is freeze, right? Like recognize, you know, there are certain physical, physiological things that you'll start to recognize in yourself. And you can probably already identify. Like for me, I know certain points when I'm really, really mad because I was not given a lot of opportunity to be mad. <laughs> you know, I was discouraged from that. I will build up sometimes tears. And it looks like I'm going to cry because I'm sad, but really I'm mad and I'm holding that in and it takes every bit of energy. So for me, I know some of those triggers. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I've noticed the way that I'll change the posture with my shoulders, whether they're forward or back, right? Start to notice the physiological signs or when you, when you know you get quieter, right? Those kinds of things are usually telltale signs of I'm not functioning in the in the thinking part of my brain i'm not really in control because your body starts to take over and you start to notice it a little bit more right that's the very first thing and then when you pull yourself back because you know for example with the other person maybe it's in engaged in an argument you can say i'm not really at my best right now and i value our relationship enough to not damage it any further. So can I just have a few minutes? Because that's usually all it takes. I've given people permission to go in a closet, like a broom closet, shut the door, throw a temper tantrum, and then come back out. (laughs) It's like, you know, set the timer, you get five minutes, stomp, do whatever you need to do. But when that five minutes is over, that's it. Now come back, be with us, right? That's really it is because we don't want to be in that situation where we're causing further harm and very few of us want to be that way right right? even the most violent people probably don't want to be that way they just learned that behavior so they can probably unlearn it you know there are some exceptions when you have someone that maybe doesn't have full mental capacity but Mm -hmm. for the most part human beings can be retrained to be more effective and on that note I'm going to I'm going to end it because I think we all have that ability again, unless there's a something something happening at a, at a um, a mental disease or something like that, that 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 can come into play. But the vast majority of us don't want to fight and argue per se. We want to be able to get what we want and 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 help others get what they want out of our businesses, out of our lives, out of our relationships. So. Thank you so much, Nancy. I have had a ball uh, listening to you. I learn every time that that that, uh, uh, that we're together, and 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 I get a chance to see you creating content that you're going to put out there for free. So, please do check out uh, Nancy's website, her YouTube channel, her book on Amazon. 
Again, all the links will be below. And if you're in the space where you're trying to create content, whether that be text or audio or video, uh, and you might like a little help with that, check out videosocials.net or phoneblogger.net. And by the way, there's literally hundreds of written articles and or videos between those two websites that much as Nancy has done, we just share it. We're happy to tell you how to do it. And if you'd like some help with it, then that's where we, that's where we look at trying to engage on a business level. Hope everyone has a wonderful day. And thank you for showing up for our inspiring business podcast. And please do subscribe in whatever channel that you're following this through. Um, we'd, uh, we'd love to have you uh, as, as a subscriber so that you'll know the next time that something's coming up and coming up. Again, I'm Mark Bullock, the co-founder of videosocials.net, phoneblogger.net, and VIP services. And my guest today, Nancy Schick, um, with Third Ear Conflict Resolution. You guys have a great one.